Voice of Chaos. Hey guys, you're listening to The Voice of Chaos with Birdo, and I've got a special treat for you. I have just... Uh, been interviewing Frosty from Fallen Resist, a fantastic band that unfortunately I have only heard of this year and wish I had have heard of sooner because I am absolutely digging their EP and new album. So uh, tune in, this is a fantastic interview where we talk all things about the band, you'll hear writing dynamics, you'll even hear about uh, the wonderful uh, gig that oh, gigs I should say that Frosty put on for mental health which is something that uh, I'm very passionate about so it was great to uh, hear that someone uh, had had a very similar idea to that that I've had as well so tune in and uh, when you're done make sure you do head over to at least the streaming platforms and check out uh, their uh, EP and new album and if you're really keen do head over to Bandcamp and make sure you drop a few dollars on their uh, tracks because they are phenomenal embrace the chaos all right thanks for joining me frosty uh as we uh talk a little bit about fall and resist and the band and uh everything that is and isn't all about you guys how are you man yeah good man thanks for having me not a problem at all not a problem at all so just for our listeners sake i came across fall and resist uh earlier on this year unfortunately i hadn't heard of them previously and that's uh that's a damn shame on my part because you guys are fantastic from uh your first ep i was blown away Um, thank you so much no mate good music is good music and you guys are definitely bringing it nice and hard which i'm loving um and the new the new album oh Fading Cinders, fantastic, man. I mean, you just come strength to strength. So, uh, well done on that. Um, Thank you. Let's uh, let's get into a bit of a for, – for those who are like me, who know very little about you guys, maybe they've just heard the uh, a few tracks on the show. Talk to us about the band, Fallen Resist, how to come about, who's who in the zoo. Yeah, no worries. So, um, we all sort of had projects before. I'd been in a band called Into Ruin. Uh, which was stationed in Ballarat, um, which is where the majority of us live. And mm-hmm. um, I knew Brendan, the guitarist. Um, he he was a, he's actually a photographer. He does a lot of little uh, little bits and pieces actually. And um, he'd come to a lot of Into Ruin shows and taken a lot of photos and everything. And uh, we we'd become sort of you know good friends around that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. And um, the drummer for Into Ruin ended up moving to Queensland. Uh, and he he was. He was one of a kind, that drummer, so it was not worth sort of continuing the project on. So mm-hmm. I, I happened to mention to Brendan, you know, I've been writing some more melodic stuff and some bits and pieces, and he's like, oh, show me, show me some. So I showed him and, and sort of sprouted from there. He he was very, yeah, I can see this working. I can see this being something. Nice. Um, and he had a brother who played bass, so um, Rory jumped on board and he, he was ready to rock. Uh, and I found uh, Benito out in Geelong um, just mm-hmm. by using like one of those online matching sites. I stalked <laughs> him on Facebook. Fantastic. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and I just sort of said, you know, dude, the stuff that you've played before is similar to what we've played, what, what I'm writing now, you know, would you be interested? And he was in like Flynn and we, we clicked from the day that we met, um, which is really good. I've never been in a band where everyone got along so well. Um, oh, that's and fantastic. Yeah, look, it's a, it's a rare thing. So I've been in a lot of bands, um, but um, I think we we it's it's we we enjoy jamming together more than we even enjoy recording or playing live or any of those sorts of things because we just like each other's company. Um, yeah, that's which cool. is a rare 
rare thing. So we sort of hold on to that as best we could or best we can. Um, and yeah, so we very quickly, um, I started writing lots of material and uh, we all learned it and we all talked about it and sort of went through it. And we released the EP just to sort of show, you know, this is who we are. This is sort of what we sound like, just so we had something to offer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went to work on the album, which has been a bit of a slog, a bit of a difficulty. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just uh, you, you know, I mean, anything worthwhile artistically is going to have its pound of flesh, I suppose. Um, of course. And this very much did that for us. Um, and we, you know, it, it was the first time that any sort of disagreements or arguments and those sorts of things started to surface. And uh, ironically, it wasn't really about the music. It was more about how we were going to go about it. Um, mm-hmm. So, and we were all on the same page in terms of, you know, we want this to be epic. Like, we want this to be um, premium. Like, the word premium keeps getting bounced around since this band sort of started. You know, premium sound, premium cover. I mean, if you have a look at our covers, it's yep. done by the talented Rodri McCormick. And, and they uh, look fantastic. Yeah, look, and he's he does some great work. Like, he he's a... Um, He's a 3D designer for games and these sorts of things. Um, and yeah, ben, right. ben sort of heard of, heard of him before and sort of knew him and said, look, we should go with him. And, and look, he's, he's great. He, he's very method uh, in the way he does things. He, he you know, likes to listen to the album as he's doing the artwork and he's very involved in oh, that's what, cool. what it's about. So he tries to represent mm-hmm. what we're trying to talk about. So there, there's a lot there's a lot there. But yeah, look... In a nutshell, we're really we've gone into this thinking, you know, we'll just keep going while it makes sense, um, and we'll just keep having fun with it as long as we're having fun. Um, that's all we really care about. But we we're very big on extending ourselves and and sort of pushing the boundaries a bit. I mean, you can see the growth between the EP and the album. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, in terms of writing and ability and, and all these sorts of things. And you know, some of them <laughs> we were sort of, geez, why do we write it like this? It's so difficult to play, you know. But that was that was the challenge, you know. That was the challenge we set ourselves. So, um, particularly vocally, mm-hmm. vocally was one of those really hard situations because Troy, the guy that captured us, uh, he's done some great work in the past. Um, he does work with Neo, and he's done stuff with Hader Moore and and Hortopsy mm. and um, bands like this. Um, and when I walked into them, we were doing vocals. You know, I'd, I'd scream my guts out for this verse, and he'd lean back in his chair and he'd just look at me and go. Yeah, I don't know if I believe that yet. <laughs> and you'd go, okay. <laughs> goes, What's the song about? He'd say, you know. And and he really brought out in me more than I, I thought I could achieve. Um, which which That's brilliant. Which was yeah, great. Yeah. It was a really great way of, you know, ensuring that we we ended up with something that we we're going to be very proud of, mm. but in the same, in the same vein, you know, performing that sort of stuff live, it's, it's, it's a task. Um, mm. Yeah. Mm. But it's, it's, it's great. So, I'm... so uh, talk to me a little bit about that. So, I mean, obviously you've come so far between the EP into the album, yeah. you've now been tested. You've now had to extend yourself beyond what you thought possible. And now you've got to replicate that every time you're on stage live, do you find that there's any time you have to actually simplify it or are you are you dead set on what's on the record has to be live? What's, your, what's the idea with the band for yeah, that? Yeah, it hasn't even been a discussion. We, we replicate what's on the album. Um, there's been some... We, we've done some 
because you know there's orchestral parts in there, so that presented a bit of a challenge for us mm. uh, in terms of getting a backing track up, up and running. Um, because our drummer likes to play to a click, um, and mm-hmm. I mean, when you see him like he is, he's a rock. He's he's ridiculously solid. He doesn't need a click. He just prefers a click. Um, so yeah. it was one of those things that we did a lot of research around it to make sure that we replicated live. And one of the things that we're really proud of is the fact that people come up to us afterwards and say, man, you sound just like the CD. And that, awesome. and you know, we, we, we have our own gripes, you know, we have our own problems at the end of it. Oh, geez, I really stuffed up here or made this mistake or whatever. I suppose everyone does. But um, I think we, we come mm. back quite proud. We had our album launch in Ballarat. Um, a little while ago, uh, and and that went off really, really well. We played tracks we hadn't played before, and a majority of the album was played on that night. Um, and we're playing, as you know, Launceston right. on this week. Um, and then we'll, Absolutely, we'll have, yeah. we haven't announced it yet, but there's a Melbourne launch um, planned and booked and ready to go, um, which we'll be announcing soon. So we're really looking forward to being able to, you know, push it and replicate that album sound. Um and, and get a little bit more recognition around that sort of stuff as well, which would be good. But no, there's there's no compromise. It's it's what's on the album or not at all. Perfect, perfect. And that, that's fantastic to hear because there's a lot of young bands out there that I've spoken to where they're pushed to the limits in the studio and there's no chance of them replicating live. So then you're playing with backing yeah. tracks to cover up what they can't play. And there's a lot of talk about which bands are doing it, which bands aren't. And to me, I think that, on stage, people want to hear and feel exactly what you felt when you were writing the music. I think that's absolutely critical. And if you can't do it live, maybe you've got a question whether you've got to do it at all. It might sound all technical and wonderful on the CD, but it's more about live for yeah. me personally, and I'm sure it's like I that think for a many lot of people. Yeah, a lot of fans uh, definitely go down that, that road. I mean, vocals are one of the big things. I, I, you hear that a lot at gigs. And people say, look, mm. you know, he can't do it live. You know, he can't do it live. And um, I, I've always prided myself on being able to do it live. Like that's my that's my thing. That you know, so I'll do lots of um, I'll do lots of rehearsal and I'll do lots of warm ups and cool downs and these sorts of things to try to make sure that I can replicate. But um, you know, I feel for bands that tour. <laughs> like we, we we play the odd <laughs> gig, yeah, you know, and we'll, we'll play bigger shows and things. But generally, uh, you know, this this weekend is the first gig we'll be out of Victoria, you know. Um, and we want to do more more of that sort of stuff. But, mm-hmm. you know, doing that every night, you know, if you're playing eight eight out of, you know, ten nights in a week, could I do this to my voice each time? I, mm. You know, I'm not sure. <laughs> it's It's pretty taxing. Yeah, it'd be a massive stress on the vocal cords. And, I mean, there's a lot of bands where you hear them towards the end of the tour where – the yeah. vocalist sounds shot. The the rest of the band looks tired. And I mean, for the punter, it just it leaves yeah. a bit of a bad taste in their mouth. And you sometimes got to question, well, if you yeah, just curve back a couple of right. shows. Yeah. And it, it's a really hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. Well, I suppose once it's running in your blood, <laughs> you just want to get out there That's and, right. <laughs> and go nuts. Now, I was interested, of, uh, I, I myself, I um, have had an idea for quite some time um, about wanting to bring together something around mental health and metal and all that sort of jazz. And so I was doing a little search on the web uh, the other day and come across the fact that you'd already beaten me yeah. to it with the Beyond Black charity 
gig. Firstly, props to you for coming up with it, but tell me more about that and is there any plans for any ink in the future? Yeah, yeah, look, definitely there is. Um, it's initially when, when we went to do it, I remember talking to Brendan about it and sort of saying, you know, I'd love to do, I'd love to do a charity gig, you know, a, a gig where we're not talking about who's getting one on the door. And I mean, I do organize a lot of shows because um, I organize, you know, Blister and some other bits and pieces um, that are going on. Blaze is going to be played um, in January as well. And that's one that I've had a hand in as well. So um, mm-hmm. there's there's lots of conversations around, you know, who gets what spot and how much money they're going to get. And, mm. and it can become quite stressful. It's, it's a very stressful thing. I think the only reason I really started planning shows was because we wanted to get shows and no one was putting us on one. Uh, so um, <laughs> I'm a teacher by trade, so my organizational skills sort of just, just fell into place and I was able to get that to work. But um, I was saying to Brendan, look, I just I just want to plan a show that we don't think about that stuff and we're thinking about something more than us. Um, and I said, you know, Beyond Beyond Blue would be a great charity uh, to give money to because we, you know, lots of heavy heavy metal guys. I mean, they they suffer with mental health problems. You just got to have a look at your Facebook feed mm, to see mm. that it's 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 a huge problem. Yeah. Um, and you know, we we talk about it a lot in our music, and it's and it's an interesting thing. Like I I talk about it a lot in the music that are lyrics that I write. Um, but I listen to a lot of Aussie metal, and they do the same thing. Um, we're sort of wearing our hearts on our sleeves mm. while afterwards pretending it doesn't exist. It's a it's a very interesting phenomenon. <laughs> That is so true, so true and spot on. I mean, we're, we're almost expected because we are in the metal and that to be these like tough, yeah. burly guys and whatever else, but then we're listening to music where we're absolutely bleeding yeah. our hearts and it's, it is, it's a really weird phenomenon and yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. Yeah, I was, and the thing that really hit home for me with um, Chester from Lincoln Park um, mm. and I remember you know, the outpouring that came around that on, on social media and things like that, where they said, you know, oh, you know, I never knew, I never knew. And I just sort of went, are you, are you kidding me? Have you listened to his lyrics? From the mm. first album, it only went darker. And he, I mean, I remember seeing him in interviews and he's saying things like, you know, in my head is a bad place. You know, th- this is a really bad neighborhood. Mm. I can't, you know, I can't control this person inside me and I don't know what to do. And, the, you know, the interviewer nervously is just laughing. Um, and you, you sort of go, yeah. no, this was completely expected. This was, don't say mm. it wasn't expected. He was very clear about the fact that he had these thoughts and the fact that he struggled with them. Um, and I think one of, the, mm. one of the things that I was trying to do with Beyond Black, and of course, this started before Chester did his you know, had, had committed suicide um, was we need to mm. talk about this more. Like this is this is not okay for us to ignore. Yeah. Um, but, but the thing about it was um, the first and the second, we've only had two so far and there are plans for a third. Um, the, mm-hmm. the, there are over two nights and they're at this, this great little pub here in, in Ballarat. But um, Jesus taxing being the guy that's planned this thing, I'll tell you, because... You know, everyone comes up and unloads. <laughs> and by the end of the two nights, I've played counselor to, you know, 14, 15 guys that's, uh, who, who have said. Oh, yeah, that would be, that would be really hard to, to sort of do. Yeah. I mean, 
Yeah, I, I could see that. I mean, I, it seems like a very weird opportunity to unload, but I suppose now you're in the moment, you're kind of there, it's all about the, about mental health and that, and it almost feels like it's a safe space. And I suppose that's a good indication, but that's what we kind of need yeah. more of, not only in the scene, but just in general, a place that doesn't feel... Uh, like a psychologist is going to suddenly put you on the couch and talk to you, but where we can openly talk to, I won't even say mates, because sometimes it's hard enough to talk to your best friends and whatever else, but just to someone who shares the same passion as you, be it metal music or something like that, and just be able to go, yeah, man, I'm suffering from the same thoughts as you, the same problems as you. It's amazing how once people start to open up, you realise the guy next to you has probably got the same thoughts in his head and so yeah, on. Yeah, so that's forth. right. So, yeah, and look, the community around that, um, primarily Melbourne-based, I suppose, but that community has really grown. Um, the feel that's around, mm. that has been around for the two Beyond Black gigs is unlike anything I've felt before uh, in terms of you know, people are feeling like they're, they're playing towards a common cause and, you know, the, the fans that come on the nights and the people that chat with you and, you know, we we sell a lot of tickets. Like a lot of people come, we raise a lot of cash. Um, not that that's the mark of success for this, but it more shows how uh, important everyone believes this to be. Um, and it's getting to the stage yeah, that you know, people turn around and say, I've got too many bands. Like I've got too many bands asking me, can I play... You know, and I, I have to, I have to choose. I hate it. I hate having to say I can't put you on because, you know, I don't have the room or whatever. Because they're keen, they want to do it. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a challenge, but also a good challenge to have. I suppose it just shows that people are really passionate about this, as opposed to not nah, not getting paid yeah, exactly. on a bar of it sort of thing. Which that makes me happy as someone who really loves the uh, the Australian heavy scene. When it all comes down to it, we all want to roll up our sleeves and get involved in, particularly with yeah. um, causes like this. So that's fantastic to hear that, you know, it's a problem you've got, but it's, I'm glad yeah, you've got oh, that problem, look, to it's be a good honest. problem to have. Out of, out of all the all the situations you could have, that's yeah. that's the better one. And I've always managed to be able to get, um, you know, really great headliners. I mean, we've had, you know, Frank and Bok, we've had Dreadnought, we've had um, In Malice's Wake. Like, we, we had, we've had some great bands come and play this thing. So I'm... I'm just, yeah. I mean, and the good thing about it is is that it comes back at the end of the day to me going, you know, what's, what's going to help create this great feel? What's going to help maintain that? Um, and, you know, I, I generally only book mm. bands um, that, that you know, were highly recommended or, or I've met and we've had chats. Or sometimes they're just people I've chatted with online extensively and have just gone, yeah, you, look, you're on the same page as me. Let's, let's make this happen. Awesome, awesome. All right, now you mentioned that you're a teacher by trade. Yeah. What do you teach? Yeah, um, well, it's kind of, it's weird, my job at the moment. I I'm I work down at the university um, and I they call me a literacy and numeracy expert. <laughs> okay. Which is, which is a weird, weird kind of um, title. But uh, yeah, so basically um, I work mainly in the TAFE area, helping students um, when they get into courses, if they can't read or write or... Um, if they're not very numerate, um, I help them out with that. I, I do uh, sort of assessments for all the students. There's about three and a half thousand assessments a year. And yeah, that's that's kind of my bread and butter. Um, that's awesome. So yeah. And you I, ever have the students turn around and go, hang on a second, how can I take this big burly uh, metal dude seriously? <laughs> or is that enough to sort of scare them in the line? 
Yeah, um, it's it's a funny thing. They 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 do ask. Like they do. So, what are you in a metal band or something? You say, actually, yeah, I am. Like, oh, yeah, what band? You know. <laughs> and then and then when you say, yeah, I'm in Fallen Resist, and most of them are local. They're like, oh, I've heard of that band. Yeah, yeah. Oh, actually, I've seen you guys play. You know. So um, it comes up a lot. Um, but, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it, it's 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 kind of cool. But you, you, all right, let's get back to the task at hand. What's one plus one? <laughs> yeah, <you know. laughs> all right, if you if you do good, I'll pull the guitar out later. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of guitars, um, it wouldn't be an interview if I didn't satisfy one of the needs of one of the other guys on the podcast. He's an absolute gear whore, so oh, I right. need to ask a question. What gear are you using? And if you know any of the other guys' gear, feel free to give us a rundown on that as well. Yeah, great. Okay, so um, I play a, 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 an ET guitar. It's a guy named Ernie Taylor, who's a luther in um, New South Wales. Um, I once mm-hmm. played... There was a great band from Ballarat used to be called The Hazard Circular. Unfortunately, they've broken up now. Um, and we, right. we played a few shows with them. I played with shows with them when I was in Into Ruin, but Fallen Resist as well. And um, they had a couple of these ET guitars. And I was talking to the vocalist who said, you know, if you're in the market for a new guitar, this is the one to get. So it's like, oh, yeah, great. I'll have a look. And um, it's brilliant. This guy, he makes some great guitars, but it doesn't suit everyone because Brendan turns around to me, the guitarist, and says, nah, not for me. It's not for me. And he found a local <laughs> luther here, um, and by a guy by the name of Alan Searles, and he makes Searles guitars clearly. And uh, he bought one mm-hmm. of his, and he swears by it, thinks it's fantastic, and uses that one on stage. Um, but amp wise, we're very different. I've I've got a um I've got a little mini head PV uh, that I that I mm-hmm. bought uh, about twelve months ago, and I absolutely love. I think it's fantastic. Um, take that around everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's great not to have to lift this big bloody two hundred what amp anymore <laughs> uh, but yeah but Brendan went to the guitar show and bought himself a little quilter amp who's, who's an Australian uh, guy who makes amps himself it's a small little mm-hmm. thing you know it's like a oh, I can't even describe it's a tiny little thing there's 200 watts um, of wow. yeah it's just sheer power this thing um, and you know Brendan Brendan is really the one to talk to when it comes to gear he is the gear master um he just buys all these. He got bought a new pedal, and I was like, "Oh, another one." Yeah, he's, he, he's he's all over it, you know. But uh, he, um, so he, yeah, he tends to use that sort of stuff. Uh, Rory, I'm not sure actually what brand Rory's bass is, but he's pretty much had the same bass since he started. He's got a five string, but as far as I can tell, he only uses the the you know the top B as a resting place for his fingers. <laughs> he doesn't tend to play it. I have to confess, that sounds like myself. I mean, I, I played bass yep. back in the day and I picked up a five-string purely for the fact that I get a call from the uh, music shop going, yeah, you know, your four-string you ordered? Yeah, well, it's going to be several weeks before we can get it in. I went, well, that's not real good. He goes, we've got a five-string here. I'll do it for the same price. I went, that'll do. <laughs> so here I am with this five-string. Problem solved. <laughs> Problem solved. In fact, I end up getting a custom tuning on it in the fact that we played both drop D and yep. standard tuning. So all I did was I took the uh, low B and turned it to a low ah. D. So I had a what I called the dead G tuning. And, yeah, it worked great. Never had to tune up or down in between sets. Just sat there and had to be careful when I was jumping Beautiful. strings for drop D. Yeah, Beautiful. Tracks. That's great. So, yeah, she yeah, worked out well. Use. Good <laughs> yeah. use. Yeah, but I'm not sure what... Um, what uh, I know he uses a dark, class, a dark glass amp, um, which he, he mm-hmm. likes a little bit of fuzz on his on his bass and sounds sounds really good. Um, nice. Ben has a lot of different 
uh, bits and pieces he uses. Uh, he kind of goes through a lot of different brands and different stuff. Um, but I know he has a nice, not one of those nice big mm-hmm. racks. You know, he used to have a um, really great electric drum kit, and we used to um, jam in his shed <laughs> with headphones. And it, and it sounds <laughs> it sounds like it'd nice. be terrible. Uh, but it's actually the opposite. Uh, you can't hear anything unless you've got headphones on, except for you know him hitting pads and me screaming. But um, the problem mm. with it is, is that the technique in your guitar and your technique in general is right in your ear, <laughs> and all of a sudden mm. you can hear all the mistakes that you make as clear as day. So we we found it actually really challenging to begin with. It took us. <laughs> <laughs> Good way to make your cells nice and tight, to be honest. Oh, <laughs> uh, it, it, look, it, it did change us. It did change us as far as tightness. But, um, geez, it was it was one of those things. Oh man, I sound terrible, don't I? <laughs> was, and and I just I turn around saying, "A positive self talk now." You know. <laughs> well, there you go. There's a tip for young players. There, uh, go out and get yourselves right in your headphones on your electronic drum kit and whatnot, and really see just how bad you are or aren't playing i guess absolutely yeah look and and look it's one of those things again um we we get along really really well so if we do play poorly there's no there's no bad feeling and there's no animosity around that it's just generally we just giggle about it um and then sort of go oh should we try it again is oh yeah let's try it again you know yeah um and then off we go but there's no excuses either like we we will turn around and say oh yeah stuff that up And that's it. We just own it, you know, for what it is. And again, you don't. I don't. I've never had that in bands before. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I've been in bands where they've shamed you for it, or um, that's terrible. Yeah, yeah. There's there's been situations like that, but um, this is like I said, this is really positive. But it's also a space where we're not relaxed with it either. We we try to really push ourselves as far as we can go, and and be you know the best musicians and the best band that we can be. But I think that really helps then. I mean, to in order to push yourself, you need to feel comfortable in your environment. Yeah. So therefore, if you know that you can try something or go that nth degree without being ostracized for it later because, you know, oh my God, I missed a note or whatever else, you're going to feel like, oh yeah, I can, these guys are going to let me go that extra mile. So a supportive environment makes all the difference. Look, it really does. And it's particularly me for a writer. Um, I think what I've started to do is consider um, who are they you know, who who are each of these band members and, you know, musically and how can I um, get them into position in the songs where they can really shine? Um, particularly Ben, mm. like Ben's style is unlike most drummers. He's he's very inventive and he, he considers different bits and pieces. Like he, he will talk about, you know, rock beats and he will talk about, he won't just be metal all the time. Um, which I think is a really difficult mm-hmm. thing to do when you when you're playing in like melodic death metal slash sort of you know metal core sort of genre um, because it calls for mm. metal drumming um, and he he, yep, he yep. really tries he like I famously you know when, when he first started he he was sort of turning to us and saying well I'm just so sick of blasting all the time you know and he's like <laughs> the, the don't man then don't blast if you don't want to you don't have to you know and um. I think I think that that was him sort of saying, you know, do I have to, you know? And we were sort of saying, you just do whatever whatever feels right. Um, we're not we're not yeah. you know we're not going to be stapled down to what other people are necessarily going to think is good or bad or, or otherwise. We just want to make music that we like. Um, and you know, that's the it. album having a track smack bang in the middle of it, um, that's an orchestral track. Um, 
when mm. when we were talking about the album, the concept around it was that you know the first half of the album would be our aggressive, um, you know, sort of straightforward, complicated side, and the second part of the album would well, so anger would be the first side, and the second side would be mm-hmm. you know these tracks about sadness and these tracks about um, dealing with 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 sadness, and I think. Both of those emotions in metal sort of go hand in hand, especially when you're talking mellow death. Mm-hmm. Um, you sort of get the sadness and the anger mm-hmm. sort of together and they sort of go back and forth. So the idea was is that the first orchestral track was supposed to bring in that aggression and that anger and the second orchestral track was supposed to bring in that sadness. Um, but And we were fully aware of the fact that people are going to look at this and go, wow, that really ruined the momentum. <laughs> You know, in talking to Brendan about it, he just he just went, "Who cares?" You know, if that's what. Yeah, I must admit, I liked it. Yeah, right. it. It really was nice. I mean, it's one thing to be punched in the face, but it's nice to almost have that breather part way through to sort of go, "Hey, cool, all right," and then let's go again. You know, it's yeah, it, it's nice. It's um, I, I've listened to too many albums of late where it's just like start to finish, you can barely tell a transition between songs, which. Don't get me started on same same music for you know several yeah. tracks, several albums for that yeah. that matter. But it's nice when you pick up something, you're like, okay, cool, you guys are doing mellow death, that's cool. But you're not doing it to the carbon copy printout that everyone else is, and that's what I, I think I noticed specifically about Fall and Resist was the fact that you guys aren't afraid to be a little different. Yeah, which definitely. Is nice. I, I think the the thing that we've been actually giggling about the most um, when people. I mean, we, we've seen a few reviews out there and, you know, when the EP came out, people said a few things and um, was the number of bands that we ended up being compared to. Um, uh, you know, Jeff Walker, I'm always compared vocally to Jeff Walker, which which is always a really interesting thing because I sort of go, well, okay, I don't try to sound like Jeff. He's he's great. So that's that's kind of a compliment <laughs> in in one way. Um, and that's, that's one thing that I'd love to get off my back mm. in terms of he's the only guy I'll ever be compared to. Um, but musically, I mean, we've been compared to Pantera, mm-hmm. we've been compared to, um, you know, Dark Tranquility and Flames, which makes sense, At The Gates, they all make sense. But then we get compared to people like System of a Down. Um, and yeah, and what? we go, where are you hearing that? <laughs> like, clearly, I, I listen. Yeah, I'm sorry, I don't hear System of a Down. I mean, I can maybe hear Pantera, certainly uh, Dark Tranquility, you know, At The Gate, yeah, no dramas. Yeah, I know, I know. System? And this, this is the yeah. thing. And then they'll sort of turn around and they'll say, you know, yeah, yeah, no, no, I hear it. Like in this song, you listen to this song, just this part here, you know. And we we kind of go, yeah, I, I don't hear it, but, you know, I appreciate the fact. But I think the reason why this is happening is because I don't go when I'm writing um, – yeah, that doesn't really that doesn't really fall into the mo- the mold. I go, that sounds cool. Let's put it in. Um, mm. Like it's it's no secret that Mellow Death is mm-hmm. is my favorite genre. I mean, I gr- I grew up on on the Scandinavian sound, which is you know which is great. But in and amongst mm-hmm. all that was you know Metallica and Slayer and Testament and you know that thrashy element. So sometimes that comes out too. But you know I've got a soft spot for my my new metal as well, and that comes in and course you've got your, your your more traditional death metal sort of sound as well which you know i love early suffocation or new suffocation is mm. just as good um so you 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 kind of i kind of just grab mm-hmm. the dna from all these things and sort of men meld them all together and you know whilst it's clear that mellow death is my favorite it doesn't mean that the other elements of other 
genres aren't mm. going to seep through and I'm just going to let them. Um, oh, absolutely. I mean, if you're a fan and you're listening to this stuff, just for osmosis, it's going to come into your playing because that's that's what you're listening to. They're the melodies, they're the sounds that are in your head and when you're writing, it just happens. Yeah, that's right. Organically, it's it's expected. And I like the fact that you're not sort of palming any of it off because it doesn't fit that mold. That's, I, look, that's I think so. And, and again, I... you know, we're not trying to be trendsetters or we're not trying to, you know, invent new genres or anything like that. At the, at the core of everything that we're doing at the moment is we just want to have fun. Like, we just want to enjoy each other's company, have some good times. I mean, Brendan has mm. spoken a few times about, you know, being 65 and looking back and going, man, they were wild times. You know, man, they were lots of fun. You know, we achieved everything we wanted to achieve in that time, <laughs> and we we're, we're really happy with that. And um, he, he's, he's, he's hilarious. Like, I love him to bits. He's, he, he comes up with this thing. He's like, oh, I've been doing this thing at work about um, looking at uh, business models and you know, all these, you know, what we want to achieve and how we're going to achieve it and stuff like that. We, sh- we should sit down and do these things. I'm like, dude, let's do it. Let's do it. And then we kind of sit on it. <laughs> it's like, we've got to actually do it. We've got to actually do it. You know, so, um, and these great ideas come out and like, I, I hate it because every now and then, like a, there was a, there was a great film clip idea that Ben came out with and, and I said, dude, I love it. I think it's so fantastic, but mm-hmm you know, where are we going to get the money for this? <laughs> you know, and I've got to be this guy that sometimes has to say, mm. I can't see it working. And it sucks because I'd love to see all these things working, but um, sometimes yeah. we need to be realistic too. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the unfortunate yeah, part yeah. is uh, the, ambition the, versus the reality. The ideas, like it's much better to have a surplus of that than it is to be lackluster and not being able to muster the courage mm. or the the ideas around it. I mean, I'm already most of the way through album two writing. Um, and yeah. Fantastic. Which leads me into, I suppose, the next question, where you got, what, what's on the horizon for fall and resist? I mean, you've got, yeah. you're coming across to our waters uh, this weekend. Um, you've got blaze in January. You're, you're, you're already writing the third album or the, the third yeah, I suppose we'll just call it release. Yeah, they'll do. Um, what's on the horizon for you guys? Yeah, so um, I mean, those things are going to be happen happening. We've been talking to people about Adelaide a few times, so more than likely that's probably going to drop um, mm-hmm. some stage next year, which would be great. Um, we, if you talk to Ben, there's going to be another album released in November next year. <laughs> but, right. But I, I look, I can't see that happening. I mean, I'm being stupidly picky with um with this next uh writing of this album um much more mm-hmm. than i'd ever been before it's it's the sort of thing that i've been recording here at home and um i take it into the car i listen to it a bunch of times and then just say no nah, that riffs annoyed me now I'm, I'm swapping that out for something else i'm trying to right. write something with great longevity um mm-hmm. with you know something something that um you know, you listen to it the first time, you go, oh, yeah, that's kind of cool. And then uh, over time, it grows on you and then sort of digs hicks, hooks into you and um, you, you you don't have a choice but to put it on again. That That's the sort of dream, you know, level that I want uh, for, for this for this album. But um, look, I, we're still going to be playing shows. We're still going to be looking to get out there and doing some bits and pieces. But as with everything else we've pretty much done, it's going to be on our own terms and <laughs> we'll do it when we're good and damn well ready. And um, I think expect more definitely expect more from us but um when will be the question perfect i mean it's always good to know that at least there's something on the horizon and you're not rushing it just for the sake of 
rushing sake. Yeah, that's right. All right, Frosty, where can people get your music from? Okay, so we're on we're on major platforms. So um, you know your Spotify's and your your iTunes or iMusic and all those sorts of things. Uh, we do have physical copies for sale. The best place to get those is our Bandcamp, um, and the main reason for that is we end up with most of the cash <laughs> uh, and it has all of our stuff. Perfect. So we have, you know, both CDs there. We have t-shirts there. We have our own brand of beard oil that, um, that Brendan makes, um, which, <laughs> nice. which sells out damn quickly too. You can never make them quick enough. So generally we'll go to a gig and sell a few of those as well. And people will be pretty nuts about that. But, um, you know, most of us have beards except for, um, except for Ben. He, he tends to just have a goatee and shaves it off after a while. Um, my... <laughs> I like it. Of all the merchandise, beard oil, that is fantastic, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, look, it's, it, it seems to sell. People tend to like it. So um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a little video promo out there um, on our Facebook page. It's, um, we should probably reshare it at some stage of how we make the beard oil, which is uh, worth a watch. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Dude, flick that to me. I'm going to yeah, reshare I'll, that. I'll, on, I'll share, um, it, on the, I'll share it on the page again page. as soon as I find it again. And we'll, we'll make it happen. <laughs> awesome awesome oh that is great all right guys well i do highly recommend that you head over to Bandcamp and drop some coin on fallen resists um releases they are fantastic highly recommend it look they were a a band i hadn't heard of and i am so glad that i've come across them now because they are regularly getting played on my uh devices it's hard to say on my cd player anymore because i don't think i've put any ink in the cd no, player for me so neither. long it just yeah, yeah. Look, the streaming's king at the moment yeah it really is it really is frosty thank you so much for your time man i really appreciate it and getting to hear a little more about fallen resist and how you guys have come about it's been fantastic talking to you be my pleasure mate thanks for having me uh more than welcome and uh hopefully uh we can get you down hobart way at some point as well Ah, oh, that's on the cards, man. We've got to make that happen. Awesome, awesome. Cheers. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening to uh, the interview and make sure you uh, go and check out the Voice of Chaos podcast and the Voice of Chaos radio show on Edge Radio 99.3 FM every Saturday at 9 p.m. Embrace the chaos.
Mutations Regular Surrounding Fire 